Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is Perspectives, the show where a conversation about our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. And I believe that it has been divinely inspired that you get to hear from our guests today. And for some of our global citizens, they are going through so much more. So our guest today is Susan Lax. She is an author. Her book is A Heart's Landscape, An Invitation to the Garden of Moments. She says, or we say, when you are challenged How do you tap into your moment of joy? Because we all have the ability to manifest a day based on joy and understanding by beginning with a transcendent moment. Author and counselor Susan Lax offers these moments to get our day started in a gorgeous collection of stories, poems, insights, and photographs in a heart's landscape and invitation to the Garden of Moments. Susan Lax, thank you for making time to be with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. And hi to all your listeners. I'm so glad to meet you this way. I believe it in my heart, divinely inspired for you to talk to us today about how to find the good and how to find those joyous moments in times when it seems so dark. How did you come to do this and put this together for us? So I think I want to start from an explanation of joy. Joy is not something that we look for. Joy is an emotion. Joy is something that is always within us. It's always there. We don't have to search for it. We just have to tap into it. Just like any other emotion we have, we can tap into it or it just appears. So with that, I think one of the things about joy is that if we are able to create some kind of, I call it a treasure box, because we are all treasures. Every spirit is a treasure. And no two human beings or two human spirits are alike. So every treasure is going to be different. And it's not, I don't come to teach you what your treasures are or to tell you what to do. I'm simply there as a guide to help you find what already exists within you. So morning inspiration It started actually as I believe that you read some in the book and how this all began is a good friend of mine was touched by cancer Mm -hmm. and she asked, can I please keep this to myself? I don't want to talk about it. But being that she was such a close friend of mine, I missed her. And I felt that huge need in me to connect, to do something. So I wrote her an email and I said to her, Stephanie, I'm writing you an email. If you want me to stop writing these emails, just write me back and you don't have to answer. This is for me so my heart can possibly connect to you. And I would get up at six in the morning because I knew she was an early riser and she was going at 6.15 or 6.30 
for her treatments. And I started sending her emails, never talking about cancer, never talking about illness, because she was still Stephanie, even though she was touched by illness. And at that point, I, I was already a spiritual counselor and I was working with many women post and pre mastectomies and going through all the treatments that cancer go through. And I one day did not feel good, probably seven months into it. And I got the flu and I didn't send her this email that I called it. And at 7.30, she called me and said, where is my morning blessing? And it was in that moment that I realized the impact of words of good, of words can have on someone's moment. And I told the story to these women that I had been working with and they said, well, where is our morning inspiration? And they gave it a name and it took on a life of its own. And it, I've been writing these morning inspirations now three times a week. It used to be five times, seven times, and they go all over the world. And I don't know most of the people that get these morning inspirations, but I know that the language of inspiration connects us. And I send out today, because I have this platform with you, into the world, to our global human spirits that are experiencing such a tough morning, our words of inspiration. And I hope that all your listeners take in the good that they have, hold it tight, and then release it into the world. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Susan Lacks. She earned her teaching degree in creative drama from the Kibbutzim College of Education, Technology, and the Arts in Israel. She taught creative drama at a local elementary school and continued her studies at the... It's okay, no worries. It's called Chochmat Halev, which means the wisdom of the heart. Where she focused on meditation and Jewish spirituality. Throughout her educational career, she also studied Jewish healing, sacred psychology, spiritual practice as a path of healing, healing aspects of death and dying, and guided meditation. She currently works as a spiritual counselor specializing in, but not limited to, those touched by illness, grief, and loving through death. She lectures and leads workshops on topics of awareness and making room for joy. And as we are talking about now, she is the author of Morning Inspiration, an email newsletter released three times a week. How did you know this was your path in life? Ah, uh, <laughs> we begin someplace and there is no one path. I, as you read, I started in a very different place and I'm now in a very different place. That is the beauty of life, right? That we're just not on one path. It is a journey. It is continuous. It's, it's the most wonderful gift that we have been given all these moments and never knowing if we're turning right or turning left. I think as all of us, we go through traumas. Every single person goes through traumas. There's no two traumas that are alike. And there's not one that's worse or less worse because they're all traumas to who we are. And I think at one of my times in my life was I going through a hard time and I knew that I had to listen to myself, right? Think about that. Listen to yourself. 
which means how do we declutter the mind? How do we, how are we able to, you know, we call it mindfulness, but I think mindfulness is also being empty in the mind because mindfulness says, gives us so much more to think about, but it's also allows us to be empty in the mind. And I decided that I needed to be able to hear what I had so much to say. And in all honesty, that's all I did. And from there, it took me to where my words brought me. And, you know, it's like people are always looking for themselves. They're always saying, where should I go? Where should I be? But, you know, the more we look, the less we are in our moments that are right now. And, you know, there are treasures within us and in our own backyard that we miss because we're always searching. So to answer you, I never searched. It was something that kind of just came to me. And I practice awareness and I've practiced awareness for many, many years. And when one practices awareness, we have an attentive heart. And an attentive heart is not just to ourselves, but it's to others. And when we have an attentive heart, we can touch good and good can touch others. And in, that's what this is really all about. My, my collection here in this book, you know, I had to go through them because in COVID, I had time. So I was like, okay, I can put this in a book. And I had to go through 12 years of morning inspirations, 3,685, I think, and make them down to 136. And the whole time I thought of all the readers, the amazing souls that inspire me when I write. What I write are from my moments, but they're really from my meetings with other people. I was asked this week in preparation for uh, Women's History Month next month, who, who are women that inspire you and, you know, in history? And I was like, oh, I think it's the woman on the street and the line in the supermarket. That's who inspires me. Who was Susan Lacks as a little girl who grew into this woman that I'm talking to today? Well, Susan Lacks, a little girl, still lives with me. And I hope she, that your little girl lives with you too because we need to tend to her a lot. Um, so I grew up in Israel and I grew up on a kibbutz. And I'm not sure that your listeners really know what a kibbutz is. So I'll share for two seconds. It is the only place that exists in Israel. And it's a communal farm. It no longer was what it was when I grew up on it. It's changed because society has changed. And I grew up in Israel under the clouds of the Holocaust that are very dark clouds um, that exist within my own family. And, um, and in winds of war, right? There's constant war. And my father, may he rest in peace, was Cuban. And he had this amazing cha-cha-cha. And he really believed that as dark as clouds can be and as hard as moments can be, there's a moment to smile. And he installed that in me. And through the hardest times of growing up in, in certain situations in Israel, that really, that really got me. That really stayed with me. And I continued after that um, to marry someone who is my 
love in life and my partner in love and life. And I gave birth to two daughters in Israel. And due to medical issues that my partner had, we came to the United States and he is well, thank you. And I gave birth to another wonderful daughter. And we started a company here. It's a uh, shoe company of shoes that are made in Israel. They're shoes of peace and they're handmade. And at a certain point I said, I have another calling here. There's, there's this other calling besides just a mother and a partner. I have all these things in my heart. And the woman in me said, woman roar, you got this. Take the word and go forward. So here I am, this woman in front of you. Were you always sensitive and nurturing to the needs of others? Yeah, that, that was something that when I was a little girl, I remember one day my mother said to me, I, I didn't do well in the piano. And she said to me, don't worry that you didn't do good in the piano. You have a good heart. And that's what matters. And I was really disappointed. I thought, no, I wanted to be good at the piano. <laughs> but I think that's the way we connect is through not sensitivity, just an open heart. If we can, we can all of a sudden look at a flower and say, wow, that flower is amazing and stop for a second. Can't we stop at another human being and say, wow, what another amazing human spirit is here. But we have to do that with ourselves as well. We have to realize how amazing we are and not forget that. Are we too busy today? Do we not stop and pause often enough to appreciate those moments of joy? Oh, good question there. So I gave a workshop once about automatic pilot. And we're on automatic pilot. We're, we're going, going, going. And I said, you know, if you had a car, and some of us are blessed enough to have a car or not blessed to have, not to have a car, but if you have a car, one has to maintain that car. One has to make sure the oil is okay, make sure there's gas and electric car taken care of, because otherwise that car would not go anywhere. So how could we not take care of our own soul? Stop and pause. And that doesn't mean to take 20 minutes a day even. We brush our teeth for three minutes. Well, you're supposed to brush your teeth for three minutes. Um, in those three minutes, after you take three minutes and pause, three minutes. How many minutes are in a day? Three minutes to just pause. And pausing can be to take a deep breath and the words that come to you, for me, it's always saying, you're here right now, you're here. Those are my words. But every one of your listeners and you have your own words and three minutes to take a deep breath. It's contagious how it can change all the other moments afterwards. And that's back to your first question. How do you tap into joy? Is because if we can condition ourselves and teach our soul that we're gonna take care of it, just like we take care of our car, and we're gonna nourish it, 
and we're going to feed it, then at moments that are the most challenging, we can go, wait, in that treasure box that I have of my own thing is something that allows me to meet up with my joy. With my joy. And for me, knowing that hope is born every morning all over again. Every morning. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's just, I, 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 when I say it out loud, I go, wow. Because hope is not just, will I be healthy? Will the world be a better place? Hope is for the next moment. It's just hope that the next moment is great. That I got to the next moment. And I use that with people that are exiting this world. And we work on hope because every moment that they have, that they can speak, that they can converse, they can draw, they can write, communicate with their hands, that's hope. That's hope right there. Because there's another moment, another moment of gift. Too often we tend to take pride in the busyness of life. Well, I'm too busy to do this. I'm too busy to do that. I'm too busy to stop down and appreciate a moment. Wow. The last two years have forced many of us to stop down, to pause, to stop being busy. Ideally, Susan, what in us should have emerged out of this forced time out that God or the universe put us in? Mm, wow, that's a, a big question. Um, so you know how we use the word lockdown and we were in lockdown and I don't know, but in New York, we were in lockdown for, I, I guess, nine months, you know, whatever that. And I remember thinking during lockdown, maybe this gift, you know, and I know COVID has not been a gift for many. So I, I use that word very, very cautiously. I, I really want to make that clear. But if there was any, any place for a gift to appear, for me, the lockdown was saying, hey, lockdown for a second with your heart, your soul, put that beautiful lock, not a hard one, not a real heavy one, and lock for a second and say, stay with ourselves, stay with you. When was the last time one of us looked in the mirror and said, hey, you're pretty inspirational. What about you inspires me? And I remember thinking to myself, I'm gonna go over to the mirror and I'm just gonna look in the mirror and say, what about you inspires me? And so I got to meet up a little bit more with Susan. I had that opportunity and not, not in the busyness. And even though I teach meditation and I, and I practice it, I too have five beautiful grandchildren and, and am constantly you know, blessed with their presence, but I, I am busy with them. I'm busy with life. And so that, that lockdown, I translated it into my own lockdown to look in the mirror and just say, hi, I haven't talked with you for a while. And I think if, if one could say the word gift in this COVID, that would be the word 
than I would say. And for as much as there was, as you describe it, a gift in being forced to spend time with ourselves, for so many, there has been so much loss in the last two years. And I know that you work with people who are making their transitions to the other side. What words do you have for those who are still here grieving the loss of a loved one? Uh, well, with each human being that I work with, with each spirit, with the families of those that have lost, they're all different words. There's no, you know, there's no Bible, and I use that word also not lightly. <laughs> there is no Bible uh, for the correct words, right? Because each of us has different needs. But I can say this, grief is not something that is right or wrong. You know, there are five stages of grief. I'm not necessarily a big fan of them because I think every one of us grief is differently. And when someone sees those stages many times, they go, but I'm not there, is something wrong with me? Will I ever get there? Again, we have to get someplace. And it's not about getting anywhere. It's about being where you are. And grief is painful. But I promise that grief will not take away beauty forever. Eternity of, is, is not about grief. You know, grief is something that lives in one of the rooms in our soul once we've experienced it. And it could be even grief for a pet, right? And so, and I can speak that from experience. And um, at times that draw, that draw in the room in our soul will open. And it's not because we call upon it, because it it's a date, it's a photo, it's a word. But then our entire being takes care of us and says, okay, we're gonna put it back in the drawer for now. We don't need it always. And you know, when people are going through grief, you can't really see it, right? And it's like, if anybody has ever broken ribs, you don't necessarily see that person, but every time they take a breath, it hurts. That's what acute grief is like. That's where I can say is, is most likely for those that are grieving. And even in the midst of grief, and I share that story in my book, there's one story there about, um, and again, I don't mention the word grief because I, it's a vocabulary does funny things. And I like to keep the page for that person to read and interpretate what they see. But there is a story in there and I share in there when I was in a situation where I was grieving for, for one of my parents. And at a certain point, my siblings and I just broke out in laughter. You know, in the Jewish tradition, there is a uh, something called Shiva, which means seven days where we sit in our home and people come to us. And it, it's one of the most beautiful traditions, I think because it's not on the griever to say, yes, you can come, no, you can come. The house is there, people can come. And the house had emptied out and we were left with the silence and the quiet. And we looked at each other 
and we had some wine in our hands and we just started laughing. And that's, that is the beauty again of the human spirit that when we allow, allow even during grief, we are allowed to, to have and experience joy. There, there is that guilt that sometimes survivors feel, how can I be in joy? Because there's always room for joy, always. And it doesn't mean that grief is not respected and honored. But if we don't leave room for joy, it fills up with darkness. And that's not why we're here on this earth. The book is A Heart's Landscape, An Invitation to the Garden of Moments. It is a wonderful daily inspiration and an opportunity to open one's heart to perhaps joy or another message, however it reaches you. The author is Susan Lax, and this has been a wonderful time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, and I wish everyone find one moment of joy in your day. In our next segment, I'll introduce you to a local minister working to bring joy to our community by ending a crime in our community. This is Perspectives on News 95.5 WSB. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.